Keith. What up, Keith? It's Rock Row Show. Hey, welcome to the East Rock Pod with Sammy Sneed and Dr. Todd. Dr. Todd. What's happening, everybody? We're here with all your roots, reggae, rock, positive vibe, buddy dog needs, and uh, we're excited to be here. Uh, it's our first uh, podcast here. Todd, you stoked? Yeah, yeah, man. Beyond stoked. Um, buddy dog? Buddy dog's stoked. He just shit on the floor over there. And right afterwards, he was able to lick his balls for 20 minutes. So that's always, you know, positive thing. Yeah, I, I, I've tried to lick my balls before. Just Yeah, it's, it's like, man, I'm always pulling something. It's like, uh, you right know. my side, yeah. Like, just like, if I had that, like, Rolling Stones tongue, where I, I almost got it, like, I'm, you know. But I don't, I can't lick my own balls. If I just had an extra, like, five inches on the three inches I have now, maybe. Maybe. Oh yeah, so like if your dick's erect, maybe you could. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. See, I didn't, I didn't think about that. So I'm like, I figured, I never lick my own balls, so it's pretty much all new territory for me. Anyway, I imagine it could be useful. Yeah, to, I'm sure it's, to, sure it's amazing. Balls. Buddy seems to fucking love it. The dog is like all about it. I'm like, dude, you're just going to town, bro. Like the whole neighborhood's over here. He's licking his balls. He kind of rubs it in too. He just don't He'll give rub a fuck. It up. <laughs> Like, like, hey, check this out. Something we said about that, like, man, like, I wish I could just go out and hang out in public and lick my nuts. Not care. We well, can go out says, in public and try know, to lick your nuts, but I don't think that's going to turn out well. Too much judgment out there, dude. Just say, like, too many people judging. I, you know, the, that's the world I want to live in, you know, where you just show up to a party and start licking your nuts. Yeah. Nobody cares. I've thought about it on occasion. Like, yeah, maybe that's the kind of parties we should start. Uh, well, I mean, we can have those parties, but I don't have enough money to bail you out of jail if you did yeah, try that. Well. Plus, I don't have enough flexibility to lick my nuts, so I think we're but even we're if safe. You, even if you tried, you know, that would... Uh, that may... If I tried. you mean I try all the time, dude. <laughs> that's, that's not the problem. <laughs> the effort is there, bro. It's just being able to make it happen. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's... Buddy, buddy's a. You could always have dog. buddy like your boss. You yeah, know, well, that's, no, that's, that's something that's you would be little, into. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's a little gay. That's, there's a little something wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, this. Yeah, I feel like you, you know. I don't know what the age of consent is with dogs, but you know. Plus, he's my best friend. I'm not trying to shit where I eat. That's a lot of expense on peanut butter as well. Yeah. It's, wow. Exactly. And second of all, I'm not fucking giving any of my peanut butter away, dude. That's my peanut butter, dude. Yeah, fuck that, man. Yeah, this ain't, this ain't are... your way right away, bro. Dude, peanut butter is expensive as fuck right now. This ain't Burger King. Can't yeah, have it your way. I, I'm not just handing over my jiffy yet, you know. So anyway, welcome to our podcast. Obviously, we're not going to talk about ball licking the whole time. We're going to talk about uh, music, love, positivity, and um, small acts of kindness. You know, we are the East Rock Roots family. Um, a non-profit out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. We're here to spread love and unity and help in the fight against hunger, you know, throughout our communities, you know, because there's one thing that sucks in life worse than everything else, and that's not being able to eat or not being able to feed your family or not being able to 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 thrive and strive when, when you're hungry because, you know, so... 
what we do is we put food drive music festivals together and um there we collect food for food banks and we try to do something positive with the music that we love and a lot of good people get involved and uh you know we're really starting to uh want to make moves so here we got the podcast started dr todd took a long ride today to be here appreciate that man cassius is in uh High school. What grade is Cassius in now? He's uh, eighth grade. Eighth grade. Cassius is uh, Dr. Todd's uh, son, who is our main man at East Rock Roots. He does all our interviews. And um, I, when did he start with us? So about four years ago? Uh, yeah, it was uh, 18. So how old was he then? He was... Uh, like 12 or 13? No, he was younger than that, man. Oh, yeah, he, he was, was like eight. Yeah, dude, this kid's pretty he, dope. When he, when he did his first interview. He's, like, interview. super dope, dude. He's, like, a really talented musician. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think his first interview was with uh, Stupid. Slightly Stupid. Slightly Hyrie. Stupid. Yep, yeah. with Hyrie. Well, I remember when... Uh, uh, Congo Curdy. Uh, Hyrie. Uh, what's Hyrie's real name? I forget. Hot. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Uh, Trish, 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 yeah. Uh, came and, and and stole Cassius. She stole she your did. son yeah, and yeah, took she, him on the tour of us. And she came, like, up, she came up to me and she was like, "Hey, I'm gonna steal your son for a little while." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, man, by all means." And uh, I think he went off and, and played with her daughter for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because I was. It's funny. It's uh, was it? It was Penn's Peak, I believe. Penn's Peak. Yep. 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 Uh, Revolution or no? Sorry, slightly stupid with uh, Hyrie and I don't remember who else yeah. was on that bill, but we will get to that at some point in the show. <laughs> anyway, so a little bit about these records. Like I said, we we do food drives and and uh, we try to. Uh, Put shows together. You know, you know, we have a stage here in Allentown and little treehouse stage, backyards shows, and now we're uh, doing the One Earth Reggae Festival, July first, uh, with uh, Arts Quest, and that's at Steel Stacks Pavilion in Bethlehem, PA. Stacked lineup, great lineup. Man. Really is going to be a great lineup. Uh, a few bands that the full lineup's not out yet, but. A few bands we have: Treehouse, Sundried Vibes, L and J Sessions, Space Camp, um, Lunch Trucks. Bam! Uh, off the top of my head, who else do we got? We got Iron Lion. We got ooh, there's a big announcement coming, but that cannot be said yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't released any info. July first, and it's in Bethlehem, PA. It's free for the people. Presented by Arts Quest, Music Moves Media. East Rock Roots, Kind Tree, Promised Neighborhoods of the Lehigh Valley. And it's going to be a blast, man. You can bring out the whole family. It's no cost to you. Roots reggae music for the people for free. It reminds me of a uh, reggae shark, dude. Yeah. He's like, I'll be under the sea doing a free show for the people. <laughs> reggae shark. <laughs> if you haven't seen reggae shark, dude, it's, it, dude, it's legit. I, I, I think they have like it. three or four episodes yeah, now. I watch it. But you can't like your spliff when you live underwater. Is it is it based on the baby shark? I don't know, man. It's like he's like reggae shark, yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 I, I forget. It's been a minute, but it, it used to be my favorite. Uh, 
He's like, he don't want the ham, yeah. He only wants chikanja. <laughs> and he's just a shark that just burns a lot of herbs. And it's like, kind of dope. Because it's like, usually you think of a shark, you know, you're out paddling out in the water. You're thinking like, shark's probably going to fucking, you know, he's probably going to take a limb or two. But this shark, he ain't down like that. He just wants to smoke the ground. Yeah, he just wants to burn with you, dude. Vibe. He's like, he just, you know... But and it, it, it is it, hard to let your spliff when you live underwater. The skill that I was going to say, the skill that you have to light a spliff under the water. I mean, yeah, it's like <laughs> it you got to be pretty. You got to be pretty crafty. Yeah, well, it's the reggae shark, shark, dude. It's like you don't just become the the reggae shark for nothing. So I just saw Rasta Mouse. Okay, so there's a uh, a little kids TV show. Okay, if you like go on your like Netflix or your Fire Stick or whatever, and you Google like. Roots Reggae, you know, like, I do that shit all the time. And uh, there's this little cartoon, it's called Rasta Mouse. And it's this little Rasta Mouse, and he's, he goes around, and he, like, helps the whole neighborhood out. And he's like, you know, the the save-the-day Rasta Mouse, man. And he's like, no worries, man, we fix he's everything. An, he's an actual mouse. Yeah, yeah, he's a mouse, dude, That's but cool. he's like, you know, I don't know how, I mean, he's definitely Irie, but he's not getting Irie during the show, you know, because it's a kid's show. No. But it's just like a, it's a good positive message. Like, hey man, you don't have to be mean. You can, you can be nice to people, help people out, and you can spread love through music and kindness, dude. I think it's a good message. I think that's uh, somewhat lost through you know society these days. And I think the kindness and love needs to be spread. And, and you can do it even if you're a dick, like yeah. me. I'm a total dick. Yeah, but like Ross the dick. <laughs> Ross the dick. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's talk about let's uh let's discuss the the beginnings of East Rock. Let's go back a little bit and discuss that. All right, well, going back to San Diego, right? No, I mean before that, I'm really it's it starts in a little town in Pennsylvania called Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and that's um where they had the Little League World Series, dude. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah Williamsport. Yeah. Um, they also have a uh, a college, Pennsylvania College of Technology, where I attended. So, well, <laughs> I attended. I was there like I was there like six years for a two year degree. No big deal. Shit above out. I was like, yo, dude, who needs more than one class a semester, dude? That's like insane, dude. Like, let's, let's let's not try to get crazy. I was like. I was into going to school maybe one, two days a week. Not, you know. I expect you to go to college to learn and stuff, man. I mean, there's other things. First of all, dude, let me tell you this. I graduated high school with a seventh grade education. I shit you not, dude. Like, I was in this class in high school that where each year new kids would come into my class. And I'm like, well, I didn't fail last year. Don't they have to take the class we took last year? And they would be like, this is the class you took last year. We're just trying to teach you the basics, bro. Because I was in like one of those SED classes, like social-emotionally disturbed. And I, not that I was social-emotionally disturbed as much. It was more that I got caught with a bag of herb when I was in ninth grade. I've always been a huge fan of cannabis. And, you know, back then, dude, let's see, ninth grade was... Uh, how old was I in ninth grade? I was... You'd be 15. 15. I was yeah. 15 years old, so that was 1995. And uh, I was going to a... Um, I might as well tell you this story. I was going to a field trip to Washington, D.C. with the entire class. So I had a pretty large class. 
There was all these buses lined up. And we had to go to school like 5 in the morning. And uh, on the field trip, my sister went to the University of Maryland. And she didn't have, she wasn't going to come home because the next day was our Thanksgiving break. She wasn't going to come home. So she worked it out to where when we went down there, she would come pick me up and sign me out from my, my field trip. And I would just stay down there for the weekend. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to the University of Maryland. I'm going to go party with my sister. Well, then, so the day before the field trip, she calls me up. And she's like, yo, I need you to call my buddy Johnny and grab some herb and bring it down. And I'm like, well, I don't need to call Johnny. I got some herbs. And so I went to school. Oh, I, I left this out. That the day before the trip at school, this dude Greg, oh, I won't say his last name, this dude yeah. Greg, He's like, yo, Sneed, or no, yo, Winslow. We'll just call him Bob for... He used to to call me Winslow. (laughs) Yo, Winslow, yo, can you bring me some weed in for the trip tomorrow? And I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, all right, I'll try. But, like, I I didn't bring him any weed. That was my weed. And, like, so anyway, the next class, he's, like, in class. Like, yo, Winslow's going to bring me in weed for the trip tomorrow. And he said that to some other student in front of a teacher. So, dude, so, like, the next day I get in there, dude, and we're we're all high because we stayed at our buddy Ryan's house overnight, and we just, like, stayed up all night and got high, and, like, we got to school, and, uh, because we had to be there at, like, 4.30, it was, like, real early, and, and I, look, Grant, I didn't bring in Greg any weed, but, like, the fucking principal comes up to me and, like, sees that we're all high, and was like, yo, Mr. Winslow, come with me. And then they're like, search my bag. Or like, no, they didn't search my bag because I told them they couldn't. Until then my parents showed up, bro. And they, my parents pulled up in front of all the buses. And then my mom came in and my mom's like, what's wrong? Why won't you let them search a bag? And I'm like, because it's bullshit, man. They're always searching me and they never find anything. And like, she's like, just let them search. And I'm like, fine, fuck it. And they search it and then I got arrested, dude. It was like, it was like I was like a fucking heroin dealer, dude. Yeah. The worst is my dad was out in the car. Why is waiting? The cop pulls up and said, and the cop comes in, arrest me, put me in handcuffs, dude. I'm 15, dude. Like, and I'm and I'm and I walked out and I look over at my dad while he's sitting in the car, and the whole school sees me, and I'm in handcuffs, like ducking my head into the cop car. It was horrible, dude. And I was like, dude, I felt like I felt like I was like. You know, like, I just robbed a bank or, like, did something real grimy. And, like, really, I didn't do anything wrong, dude. It's, like, it was, it was heavy, dude. It's just a gun. But, like, you, I remember it at that time, you know, the whole time I was sitting in the cops, I had that song in my head, the Coolio song. He's like, I'm a low-down gangster slip, trip a banger. I can't live a normal life. I was raised by the streets. And I'm, like, 15-year-old white Caucasian dude growing up in, like. In the suburbs. Yeah, like, Bucks County, dude. Like, come on, dude. You're, you're such a dish. I was like, and that's when I realized I was a douchebag. And I was like, I wrote it down. I'm like, total douche. So, like, note to sell. So, when somebody talks shit, I'm like, dude, I already wrote that down a while ago. I already know. And the name is stuck till this day. Yeah. Total douche. So, yeah. So, then. So, that's where it all started. So, then. It turns out after you get arrested, they make you piss in a cup, bro. So, like. And and you're not allowed to smoke weed anymore. I'm like, well, that's not gonna fly, dude. <laughs> like, I love that. I, you know, it's ninth grade. I just started smoking, and you think I'm just gonna quit just because the court told me to not to? So then I just like used to carry this like cigar case. You know, those little cigar cases, and I used because my PO would come to school and like piss test me. 
but it was a chick. So I would just get somebody else to piss in this little cigar thing, have it in my pocket, and I pour it in there. And that was before they could check temperatures and shit. Mm. And then, so, I you know, I got away with it for a while, but then I started getting caught. And then, like, it just sucked because then they sent me to rehab, dude. I was in rehab for smoking herb, dude. I swear to God. And it was, like, all these, like, dudes from Philly and shit, like, like total heroin addicts. Like, they, people would share, but, y'all used to beat my mom up for crack. And I'm like, yeah, one time I got high, I ate all the fucking Cheetos, bro. I ate them all. Like, dude, nobody else in my house got any Cheetos because I ate them. I was like, yo, I, I can't live like this anymore. And, like, it was, it was just horrible. It was like... Because I never did any other drugs, man. I was just about that weed, dude. Yeah. But then when I got in rehab, I heard about all these other drugs and how awesome they were. <laughs> got out of rehab, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. Anyway, it was bad to send a little 15-year-old kid to rehab yeah, for weed, I mean, dude. It was horrible. So anyway, I got my shit together, but, but they put me in that class. Thus being why I graduated with a 7th grade education. And, and then when I got to college, it was horrible. Because I had to study, like, fucking four days straight just to get like a C, dude. Anyway, I worked at the radio station. I had this one class, dude, that literally I had to listen to music and figure out what songs I wanted to put on the, the current playlist at the radio station. And I got graded on it. And I was like, this is the greatest class of all time. And and that's when I, I truly fell in love with the idea of music. And and, and that's when I um, I reached out to Silverback Music. Uh, Matt Phillips and John Phillips and and slightly stupid just got on my radar and, and I'd always been you know Sublime had been my all time favorite artist you know growing up and I think Sublime was a gateway for a lot of us into this whole music it was it was, it was a Sublime and it was um you know I always I always just liked like reggae and I just like I love the the, the the sound I mean it was just a, I, I called it the funky one love sensey sound styly and that was the one thing I came up with in life and it never really stuck but stuck in my head so maybe it could stick now funky one love sensey sound styly and I, it was just the most unique style of music it was like all of a sudden all these artists were coming up and and I had this radio show called Roster Roots, the Cannabis Countdown Show, the only show on the radio dedicated to the sense of me smokers. Keep it locked, Sammy Sneed. 327-4778, you want to hear something? And I would play bargain music. I would play The Expendables, Slightly Stupid, uh, Tenor Saw, Half Pint, Barrington Levy, you know, going to these roots, Michigan and Smiley. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then I found out about... Uh, other artists like the supervillains and later Ayatara came in and and just it just just kept going and going and then I remember this one day this kid this kid calls me up and says oh I saw an ad for Rasta Roots and who who do you think that kid was anyway this this Go kid said it. this kid said all these bands that you play on your thing are, are just like my style of music and i'm like oh cool and he's like yo dude will you, you want to listen to my music and i'm like i think that kid right. was uh i'll take a snap at it i'll say mike pinto yeah it's mike pinto and so he drove up to williamsport from philadelphia and we were both from you know from outside philadelphia and this little kid and i heard this kid's music and it was badass he was like 
for fucking minutes and a sack and you'll return with a dozen roses and so weed to burn. And I'm like, dude, this dude's like a fucking outlaw gangster, dude. Like, this dude's like, I, you know, like, he's coming up and he's a bad motherfucker. He came up and he was just this little fella. I was like, it was this little guy. But he had this big voice, dude, this big hard voice, dude, and this big presence. But he he was just, you know, he had, he was playing shows in Philly, but he nobody was coming out. It was like reggae was just nothing. And I was just like, this guy is incredible. I heard he had this eight-song LP on, and I was just, I I fell in love with his music immediately. He came up and played uh, acoustic set on my radio show, and I was really fucking high, like super high, and I think I was a little drunk, and I forgot to record it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so pissed he was like dude i drove three hours dude and and you didn't record i was like dude i thought it was recording but i guess it wasn't and i was like i told you i graduated with a seventh grade education bro i'm not that bright so then so we, we joked about that and we would, we would keep in touch man we would just talk all the time and i would always say man you, we gotta get out west we gotta get out west dude like your your style's gonna fucking die here bro I was like, we got to get out west and fucking bring it back gradually. And that's exactly what we fucking did. The second time he came up to play my radio show, I fucking... I actually asked for help, and he helped me record. <laughs> I was kidding. We, we got it recorded. It was cool, man. And, uh, uh, yeah, maybe once we get our our, our podcast uh, webpage together, we'll, we'll put some of those uh, songs up when he yeah. played. Yeah, I mean, if you if we find it, we can throw it into the mix. For sure. No, I have them. I have them recorded. So we just got to, we got to, you know, we'll put a page together and we'll let, let people check them out. But so from there, right when I got done college, our plan was like me and Mike were going to fucking head out west. Well, Mike gets a DUI. Um, he was actually, this was his first DUI. But uh, he, so he couldn't, he couldn't go. So all I had is a Pontiac Grand Prix where the windows didn't go down. And we head out west, and I smoke cigarettes, and, you know, he, he doesn't, and the windows don't go down. So I literally had, like, a two-by-four in my fucking door and a bungee so that it was open, but, like, <laughs> just so he could breathe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we we got to San Diego, and I, I, I stayed. I was like, I'm never leaving this fucking place. And he went, you know, headed up north, went to L.A., and... Santa Cruz and, and Seattle and finished his tour. Then he had to go back to Philly for his DUI, but I was just like, I was in San Diego, I was staying, I was never leaving. And uh, eventually he, he moved out with us and, you know, and got his career on the road in San Diego and now he's doing big things and he's back here. He's in uh, Jersey, Bayville. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's how it all started. And, and I just wanted people to hear his music and i wanted to spread it to people and i was like people need to know about this guy and so i i started uh at that time it was called one or united music love.com and it was just to help spread this style of music just these artists to to the masses that you know that people didn't generally hear because it wasn't popular music it wasn't you know it was, it was very underground and so it was just good, and and it, I just knew, I just knew it was gonna go do huge things, and started building up a family, and out in San Diego, I, I, I used to be promoting shows at Solana Beach and Hermosa Beach, and 
Oceanside, Ocean Beach, uh, Pacific Beach, um, Long Beach. And I would go to different clubs and say, hey, I want to promote the show. And I wouldn't charge anything. I would I would charge bar tabs, dude. Mm. I'd be like, dude, I don't want any money. I just want like a $100 or $150 bar tab so that when people come to the shows, I can buy them drinks with my bar tab and thank them for coming so that they'll come back, man. Like, they'll build something. Like, yeah. build a scene. And it worked, dude. It's genius, yeah. And it was like, you know, like, hey, I mean, it wasn't because I was buying them drinks, but it was just the friendly gestures, you know? Like, just like, hey... Um, you know, come out, man. We do this every Tuesday. We do this every Thursday. Like, come out and support local roots music, and 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 I just it just started started vibing, dude. And then I I was in Tempe, Arizona. Was in Vegas for a little while doing it, and then uh, I I came back home. It's like that's what you do, man. You can't you can't live that far away from family, you know. What year was that? When you when came, came back. back home, I have no idea, dude. <laughs> it's a long, strange trip, bro. I, like it was a while ago. All right, so, uh, so I was you, there like uh, twelve years, maybe. So you came back. You're here, back on the East Coast, where yep. the reggae scene just isn't anything at all. No. Uh, but it was it was getting it was it was starting to it was starting to yeah. slowly starting to come into something. And uh, I started, uh, you know, going to all the, the East Coast shows, like, and Stupids. You know, it was, a, like, Slowly Stupid was a great way to, to to meet like-minded people, and we'd go down to shows. This is where I met you, bro. Yeah, that's, that was uh, kind of the conception of um, yeah. of East Rock Roots. Nitrous Alley, dude. The Nitrous Alley, yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely Good place. Times, yeah. It's like, it's like, come down to Nitrous Alley and bring your family and friends. If you pass out, it's fine. Just get another balloon. So I, I remember meeting you on the stupid page, and uh, I was I was promoting, and you know you would upload pictures of of you know the promotion that you have done, and you had seen something, and you you wrote me and you sent me a package. Um, I remember there's a bunch of magnets in there and stickers and all types of shit, <laughs> and, and you were like, well. uh you know, meet me at the show. I think it was two thousand. You want to be my friend? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> You're like, well, we're we're meeting in Nitro Sally. You want to meet us there? People, and, uh, let me tell you about my best friend. Rolled up to Nitro Sally, and you're you're sitting there, and you're a couple sheets to the wind at this point. I think I was too. Um, and then I met you, Rich. I call Jess. bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I met you, Rich, Jess. Uh, who else was there? Um, God, there's a bunch of people. Yeah, it was. Um, J.D. Clark. J.D. Clark was, was there. there. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Go for it. Lives in Phoenixville. Our band. Oh, shit. Can't remember his name. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's been a lot of years. I think COVID has killed my brain there a little bit. Oh, fuck is his name, dude? Um... Oh, motherfucker. He's like, he's like, he's actually managing now for, anyway. Article sound system. Um, anyway. Yeah, great, that guy. A lot of great dudes, a lot of great people, yeah. um, just getting together. And then, and then it was just like, hey man, let's get together. And, uh, then I had my wedding. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I really, marriage is like, doesn't work in the world today and it's it's institutions that is okay so like i really didn't want to fucking get married like like 
Only because, not because of fucking that, but because just like, it's a big commitment. But I did say I would get married if or if I could have three bands, two porta potties. I was able to wear my hat and my chucks, and once that was agreed to, then and I built a stage in my parents' yard, and we had uh, small acts play, and then we had Mike Pinto. He played my wedding song, "Love Is My Religion," mm-hmm. and then the elevators. The elevators. Yeah, yeah. they they rolled up and. Uh, it was awesome, dude. I remember like, them rolling up and um, Link handed me a thing of um, moonshine. And he was like, here, man, just sip it up. <laughs> it was it was, a, it was a great show. He's like, Johnny comes up, mommy. Mommy. And then, uh, yeah, so the, it was just, just an amazing wedding. Then we uh, then I built a stage at Mikasa mm-hmm. and uh, started doing shows here and we threw the the shoes up on the telephone line. Yeah. Just uh, a couple pairs up there. Four. Yeah. Well, there there was more, but I actually took them down because like her, my wife's grandfather was coming over and like I was trying to explain to him what the fucking there's a bunch of shoes <laughs> up on the telephone line. I was like, we smoke rocks here. <laughs> Tell anybody we'll kill you. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, and then, uh, yeah, so we formed East Rock Roots, man. And it's like, and we're like, well, if we're getting all these people together, why don't we do something positive in our community? Why don't we do something to help people? Like, you know, anybody can get together and party, and, but, like, can you can you get together and party while doing something positive? I, and I thought that was something that really needed to happen, and it did. And, and then you start at the, um, <clears throat> we had the food drives. We had our first food drive, uh... Was that in Forked River, New Jersey, uh, to benefit the Lacey Township Food Bank, which is a smaller food bank, which and we did really good. We really collected a bunch of food. Um, had a great time. It was right on the bay, dude. It was like a beach bar stage. Yeah. Um, awesome. We had the Reese Brothers come down, man. We had Mike Pinto, Ellen J. Sessions, Christian Glom. I think was just solo. Yeah. Uh, we oh, had right. Space Koi, right? Still love those guys. Still follow those guys. Ah, oh, man, we had some great artists, dude. And it was it was a lot of fun, man. And everybody came together, dude, and just like to do something positive. And and we had a bunch of giveaways and all that. And it was just like, this is what I want to do. This is what we want to do. And uh, it was just a beautiful thing. And from there, it just took off. And then from there, it came to the treehouse at. at- at your casa. Yeah, um, East Rock Roots stage. The second one was, I believe, LNJ Pinto. Yeah, that was a, a huge one. That was uh, when... Stick one. Yeah, it was like, still, we're still paying off the fines for that. <laughs> Turns out, you're not Let's allowed to make uh, your home residence a music venue. Which I call bullshit. Because we're not making any money, dude. We're collecting food for the food bank. And, like, literally, we had... I don't know, like 300-some people here, dude. And it was just amazing. We had Trouble City All-Stars. We had Groove Merchants, L&J Sessions. Who else did we have? Oh, Slick One. Slick One, dude. They came up. Dude, that guy's awesome. Yeah. Uh, who else did we have there? Um, What's that? Galen. His band was there, right? Mm. 
No, he was not there. He was at the next one. Okay. But anyway, I had a, a bunch of bunch of good bands, a bunch of good, great time. Um, the whole neighborhood came out, and it was just so cool. The whole vibe. I remember yeah. the vibe that night. Yeah. It was just, it was incredible. Man. It's great. It's like everybody drops off of this food, but then when it comes to delivering the food to the food bank, it's just my fat ass. And I'm like, oh, I'm struggling, like all hung over the next day, like trying to take all these bundles of food to the food bank. And I'm like, here, take the food. And I'm like, hold on, give me that peanut butter. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right, dude. Don't, don't judge me, dude. But like, yeah, I may have taken a thing of peanut butter. But, you know, I'm going to struggle as well here. <laughs> but yes, so East Rock Roots, the whole Food Drive Music Festival thing was born, and uh, now we're trying to take it to the next level. So we, we just uh, hope and pray that all the good fortune that we've come into continues and that we can do this on a bigger scale. And Yeah, and, and with, with the East Rock Roots family, man, it's it's grown so much since its conception that day in Nitrous Alley. Um, yep. There's so many different people that are a part of it now. Yep. Actually, we had a show before that. Remember that yeah. picture there? Yeah, that was... Uh, that was before the roof and everything was yeah. on the stage. That was with... Kyle Smith. Kyle Smith and Mike Pinto, and Mike Pinto came out. LNJ played that. Yep, Jay opened. It's before I was I was playing. Yep. That was, that was when they were good. Shot to the heart and you're to blame. <laughs> Just playing but so, actually, that was totally false because Todd is an amazing drummer. Uh, Doctor Todd, he's uh, at a level. He beats it like no other. I'm like, I feel like you should have more sores. I you, I have sores that you can't see, but no, sore from beating it. <laughs> yeah. So. East Rock Roots has just been... And then there was the pandemic, and then there was the South Mountain well, Grove, and there was... There was another one. There was uh, down at Summer's Point. Mm-hmm. House of Booze. Yeah, so I went down there and renovated this guy's bar and venue for a month, and then we did a show, and he made his money and gave us the boot. That was uh, nice. Yeah. So it turns out these these little small acts of kindness, you know, all people love them because they love to take advantage of of the the, the small acts. But beware, big tree, because this uh, this shit is getting sharpened every day, and eventually, um, we're about to we're about doing positive things no matter what. And nobody's ever gonna stop us or or hold us down and. And we're never we're not gonna cry about it. We're just gonna keep moving, and we're just gonna keep doing good things. And karma is a motherfucker, mm. and that's all there is to that. Speaking of karma, let's go back to the Grove. Ooh, yeah, so we did a. There's a seventeen acre. I live on top of the mountain on South Mountain in Allentown. Well, the other side of the mountain, there's this huge picnic pavilion paradise that was built in the 60s and i guess italians used to go there and and have their like parties their their union parties and it's just like this huge pavilion and it's really cool man but but uh i guess in like 2002 it was like shut down and it was abandoned for how many years uh, 20 almost 20 years and so we me and 
some volunteers went up and renovated the whole thing for six months. Mm -hmm. Gosh, yeah, gosh, everybody, a, lots of people. Um, put a a two thousand square foot brand new roof on this place. Like, just did all this work for you know, and we all volunteered our time in hopes that we were going to be able to throw our our food drive festivals there. Long story short, we renovated the entire place, and the day we got done. The guy had promised us the whole time we couldn't get anything in writing because he was he was a bot doctor and we'll we'll have our bot doctor section bot of doctor. each show. Uh, it was probably from Carlsbad, a bunch of bot doctors up there. But um, yeah. So he gave us the boots. Since we got done, he just told us to leave. Yeah. And all his promises were just lies. And so, um, yeah. So Joe, Joe the bot doctor. Much we'll say about that. It's like uh. Tears won't change the situation. Just a form of reaction. We just keep going. Yeah, so we're not going to dwell on that. But then uh, then the pandemic hit, and so we had to do our Facebook Live Raw acoustic sessions, were, which were a huge success. I think we had a, we had Australia, New Zealand band play. We had uh, uh, Ted from Pacifier... Pinto, Jeremy from Treehouse, just a ton of, the, you know the one who I kept having to reschedule who I wanted to get was the, um, was dude from Sun-Dried Vibes, I always wanted, I just think that he's so amazing. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we can get him on there one of these days, but just awesome, you know, and then, you know, with our interviews with Long Beach Double All-Stars and. Uh, among others, uh, with Cassius's interview with Half Pint and Bumpin' Uglies and Little Stranger, a Little Stranger, we had Eric, Very stupid, yeah, uh, just bound from um, Pacifier. Yep, uh, with second hand, a second hand from uh, Maryland. Yep, like uh, just a lot of great people we've and met. Yes. Yes, just so many great artists and, and even better people that we met along the road. And and it's just brought us here, man, to the East Rock Pod, where we're burning tires and lighting fires. And uh, my dog is licking his balls again. This guy's... It's, it's, he's a professional. It's making me jealous, man. I'm just like, like dude, balls. I feel some kind of way. Like, should we leave right now? <laughs> like, I, I, I do you mean, need a minute, bro? I, I feel like we're invading a space. It's like, hey, bro, yo, stop looking at me while you're looking your balls. <laughs> like, no eye contact, dude. This isn't dead in your eyes, too. It's just like, look at this. This isn't one of your fetish websites, bro. It's my house. <laughs> and if you don't like it, you can get the fuck out. It's his house now, man. Yeah, it is. I'm just kidding, buddy, dog. So, welcome to East Rock Pod with Sammy Snead, Dr. Todd. We're going to be here. Try to be out here at least two to three times a month doing our doing our thing with the podcast, uh, hitting on various topics and uh, spreading love and positivity through kindness and food drives throughout the world. So watch out because we're coming and we got pizza and we know how to party and we know how to, you know... I well, we're trying to lick our balls, but at least Buddy Dog can lick <clears throat> his balls. Do you still have that peanut butter? No, no. I'm not 
I'm sorry, dude. Peanut butter's on lockdown, dude. It's like, I can't just be handing out peanut butter. This ain't, like I said, this ain't your way right away, motherfucker. So, this entire time, I've heard your ice jiggling in your cup. And it reminds me. Bring up the style or drink up the cup. Mighty select while my speakers are ripped. It reminds me of your um, your Mick Jagger uh, impression. Oh, is that, that Mick Jagger? So Keith, Keith used to hang out in Jamaica a lot and with Peter Tosh. And Peter Tosh used to live in Keith Richards' house. Until one day Peter Tosh got all fucked up and got a like machine gun and shot the shit out of Keith Richards' house. <laughs> fucked it all up. And then Keith came down and was like, Mate, why'd you gotta shoot up my fucking house? <laughs> and he's like, I don't think you can live here anymore, bro. <laughs> Peter's like, well, you know. Peter Tosh was pretty buttered, I think, after, like, you know, he left the Whalers and he didn't have this success that, you know, he he probably deserved. Because yeah. he was pretty amazing, but he just didn't get the love that, um... The skins. What would you say, Todd, was your favorite <clears throat> show of all time, bro? My favorite show, um, let's see. Well, <clears throat> I had, I, w- I was fortunate enough... Uh, I was in the, heavily into punk rock uh, yep, when I was younger. And the best memory of any show that I, I've had was actually seeing Sublime on the first Warped Tour in Camden. And that was, Coming uh, up that was is incredible. Sublime. I had no idea who they were because, of course, in the East Coast, we don't know who this band is. But uh, I do remember seeing Lou Dog run around the stage. And I, I think he actually bit somebody. They had to stop. I think my favorite show was not reggae at all. I think it was uh, it was Rage Against the Machine, Ooh, uh, Anti Flag, and uh, Gangstar. And Gangstar, yeah, nice. at the Spectrum in Philly, and that's still to this day the best show I've ever seen. Oh, that is amazing. That's brings back memories. What says you? I remember that's the half pint show there. So anyway, I found this here. This is a letter that I got from my professor in college. Okay, it's the only thing I did successfully in my entire life. It was a paper that I wrote on the decriminalization of marijuana. And um, can I share it with you? Yeah, please. Sam. Now, granted, it has a Penn State letterhead. I mean, it does say Pennsylvania College of Technology, but but it has a Penn State logo, so it kind of feels like I'm smart. Uh, it says, Sam, I am impressed, well-thought-out argument, and good supporting facts. The cover sheet was interesting, and I actually sent it to the Lycoming County Drug Task Force Agency with your name removed. Best of luck in the future in all your endeavors. 98A. I've never gotten an A in my entire life. Anyway, this is a photo because I took a picture of it so that I could have it for my entire life. So it was the greatest letter I ever received. And I showed this to my dad and he was like, he's like, you're finally making something out of this weed shit. Because <laughs> he used to throw away my bonds and shit. Which was not very nice to you, dad. And I don't appreciate it. And you actually still owe me like a three foot double chambered glass bond. Because... I know you didn't mean to break it, but when you threw it in the trash can, it No, he didn't to break it. <laughs> no, he didn't. I mean, he really put it in there gently. He was pretty cool about it. Like, he, he didn't want to break my shit, but...
but he didn't want it in his house. You know what I mean? So he'd like go out and put it in there. So he's all right, dude. But anyway, so when he got cancer, he was like a military guy, dude. Anti-weed like his whole life. He thought it was like heroin. You know what I mean? He was always a drinker, right? But when he got cancer, he had stage four prostate cancer and he wouldn't eat or sleep. And he was dying like a motherfucker. And that's when he came back from California. And I was like, dude, just fucking, I started giving weed. I was like, dude, you got nothing to lose here. All of a sudden, dude starts eating and sleeping. And this is stage four prostate cancer, right? And that was 12 years ago, dude. He's still alive because of the cannabis. I saved, I saved his life. I was like, and now he's calling me up. Yo, Sam, where the weed at? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought, Pops. So, it is a very, uh, it's a very healing product that I think that it's very awesome that the entire country and world is finally starting to embrace it instead of uh, shitting on it like they were for so long and arresting 15-year-olds. Dude, so anyway, East Rock Pods, Sammy Sneed, Dr. Todd. Dr. Thanks for joining us. We are thrilled to be here and we're thrilled to be doing this show. We've got many exciting things planned for you. So, so what we, are the plans for the future with this podcast, man? Let's uh let's let the people we're know. We're gonna get a bunch of uh amazing artists and bring them on here and we're gonna ask them. If they can look their nuts. I mean, anybody, that's all I mean, we need. That's yeah, it. I mean, we're just going to see what reggae artists out there can look their own nuts. Because I think that's important. I mean, flexibility is not something to be taken And Buddy can show them, and it's like, watch and then do. So we'll see, we'll see who, who out there in the, the Roots Reggae field can lick their own balls. We'll see if we can teach an old dog. And then, tricks. you know.